in a day where there's never been more inconsistency in the lives of believers, in a time where there's never been more false prophecy, more inconsistency in society, and as we've never really seen to this degree such a level of delusion and false hopes and even conspiracy theories that, hey, to some extent are probably partially true, there's never been a better time for us to understand the fruit of the Spirit, for us to be people of God who live by the Holy Spirit and live a life that is self-controlled. Join me today as we explore the fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control. Shalom and God bless you. Welcome to Fruit of the Vine Ministries. My name is John Davison, and this is going to be an exciting time together as we explore the fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control. This is going to be part nine of a nine-part series as we went through each fruit of the Spirit consistently uh, through uh, the beginning of, of Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, as we discussed the fruit of the flesh and the acts of the sinful nature, all the way to the end of Galatians chapter 5. And so if you've not had the opportunity to go back and listen to each one of those, I'm telling you it will be life-transforming for you if you will take the Word of God Allow it to be a seed in your heart. Allow it to grow and condition yourself to be good soil where the word of God can come in and it can take root, it can grow, and it can spring up as you walk with the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, I said in the introduction here that there's never been a more important time for us, especially as believers in a world that's continually growing fast-paced towards a globalist-type society and anti-Christian sentiment is just moving at a very rapid pay, play, play, pace. <laughs> pace. At a, never, uh, a very rapid pace. You know, we, we really want to be a people who are functioning just like Jesus did. We don't want to be derelict. We, we don't want to have a faith that is contrary to the model of Christ. And unfortunately, there's a lot of ministries today that are really building empires around fear. They're really building empires around uh, a very skewed view of eschatology that really takes the focus away from Christ and, and puts it on everything that's going wrong with the world. And I believe that we need to be people who are aware of the word of God in the depth of the prophecies, that we shouldn't despise prophecy. We should never not want to hear about the return of Christ. We should never not want to discuss what it looks like in the book of Revelation and Daniel and others where it talks about this globalist system that's eventually going to come upon the earth. And I believe that we are moving head first right into that. I think social media. I think some of the, the, the technology that we have now, it, it's really pushing us towards this system, facial recognition technology. And even through the global pandemic and what we've seen, how we've kind of been ushered into this generation that is media-based and electronically based. But even in the midst of all of that, as we look at what's taking place, the fruit of the Spirit still needs to be central. And while we might be disappointed or even potentially, uh, you know, led into a place where we're, we're, we're not okay with the things that are happening, we still need to be people that are live in mercy, that live in grace, that live in the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and allow these things to flow forth so that we can bring hope in a world that has increasingly become more and more 
hopeless. And so that's what the Fruit of the Spirit series is all about. If you're catching this on the tail end and, and you want to go back and listen to it from the beginning where we talk about love and joy and peace and patience, really do so. I believe that it will be a sh- extreme blessing to you. It'll bring a lot of peace upon your life. And there's even points in time there where uh, we go into some prayer to allow these things to be activated. And we invite the Holy Spirit to to be the one who ministers to us. And so we're in part nine, and I just want to jump right into this. So we're in Galatians chapter five, the fruit of the spirit. And uh, let me just move there real quick, and we will jump right in. Galatians chapter five says this in verse 16. It says, so I say, live by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Now, that's a promise from the word of God that you don't have to you don't have to give in to the sensual desires of the flesh. Listen now, verse 17, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with one another so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live this way will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit. Listen now, but the fruit of the Spirit. He's making a contrast here for us between what it looks like for an individual to live according to the lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the eyes, the pride of life, and limiting their engagement with the world to the mere limitations and the capping off of their five senses and the pleasing of their five senses, the the taste, the touch, the smell, the see, the hear, you know, the feel, uh, the emotion, the pleasing of the emotion. And we can live from such a better place When we have the Holy Spirit, we can live in such a better place where the fruit of the Spirit, where the Holy Spirit fulfills all of our desires because in Him is where we have move and breathe and we have our being. In Him is life and life more abundantly. In Him is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So everything that we are trying to please ourselves with externally can never fulfill what God designed us to to be completely filled with and receive pleasure from, which is his joy, and it's the joy of the Lord. It is righteousness from the Lord. It is the finished work of Christ, and it is his blood alone that cleanses us from all unrighteousness and and fulfills the identity that we're looking for in the ways of the world and the pride of life and, and just trying to be somebody rather than resting in the identity that Christ paid for us to rest in. And that's what he, he told the book in the book of Hebrews. You know, the writer of Hebrews says, you know, be sure that you are found to enter into his rest and, and make sure that you understand the rest that he, he he purchased for you. Because if you don't do so, then you're then you're going to end up in error. You're always going to be searching for something else when everything that you need is found in him. So Galatians 5.22. <clears throat> but the fruit of the spirit is love and joy peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self gentleness (laughs) and self-control or temperance against such things. There is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And since we live 
by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So what's he saying here? He's saying that, listen, if we are truly in Christ, then what we've done is we've learned how to live from our spirit. And Paul Paul writes this to the Ephesians and, and, and talks to them about being strengthened in their inner man, being strengthened by the Holy Spirit, that their spirit life would be the dominant force by which our soul and our body is governed, that the Holy Spirit would truly have complete access to our soul, which is our mind, our will, our emotions, and to our body, which is our flesh and our tangible senses, and then our entire identity of who we are as spirit, soul, and body, our entire being as the total human being is completely wrapped up in the identity that Christ paid for, and therefore we will not try to fulfill ourselves by what the world offers because we're not of this world, even though we're in the world. And Jesus makes that statement. He says, listen, my, my kingdom is not of this world. And, and he tells the people later on, he says, listen, the kingdom, the kingdom is not here nor there, but it is within you. So living by the spirit is so essential so that the fruit of the spirit can have its way inside of our being. So this brings us to our final fruit, which is self-control. And this word self-control in the Greek here is enkratia, enkratia. That is the Greek word. And it's most often translated as temperance, but it can also be, temp it can also be translated as self-control. And I want to read to you W.E. Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words. So that's it right here. If you can see this, or if you're listening on the podcast, I'm just going to read this to you. What, what Vine had to say on, on this word here, this Greek word, enkratia. So it says this, In all of which it is rendered, temperance or self-control is the preferable rendering, as temperance is now limited to one form of self-control. The various powers bestowed by God upon man are capable of abuse. The right use, listen to what he's saying here, the right use demands the controlling power of the will under the operation of the Holy Spirit of God. So listen to what he's saying here. He's saying that the power that God gives us through the Holy Spirit can be abused. And therefore, through the Holy Spirit, in relationship with the Holy Spirit, in order to have the proper usage of the power that God gives us, we must be self-controlled, which means, and he, and he uses the term the will here, which is a part of our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. He's saying that a soul under control of the Holy Spirit is a soul that is living in self-control. Control, And that's why self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, because the, the Spirit of God is given full access to, to govern us, to guide us, and to lead us into all truths, and then also to, to be the one in the driver's seat over our soul. So the Holy Spirit gets to infuse His realities, kingdom realities, into the mind, the will, and the emotions, and then we live from the truths that the Holy Spirit gives us so that our outward man now falls in line with the will of God. So from the, from, from, from the concept of, 
uh, a fallen nature. We're constantly trying to we're tr- constantly trying to rearrange our lives externally so that everything is comfortable and it works out. In other words, we're trying to control what's going on around the outside of us so that we're not angry or frustrated or everything goes well, right? So that's the way the world is constantly trying to make things work. But it's totally different in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is internal. And so self-control, the control of the atmosphere, or the control of the environment is now you. You are now the one that is living controlled, controlled by the Holy Spirit. Not so that you can be under some kind of uh, legalistic ritual righteousness, that is self-righteousness, but rather that through the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body. Because if you are living by the Spirit, you are a child of God and you will live self-controlled. Listen to what Peter says in Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 3 through 10. And then I'm going to give you a couple of other words here. Second Peter 1, 3 through 10 says this. This is such Peter. If anybody knows what it means to come under self-control, it's Peter. Now, remember, Peter was pretty wild. Peter, Peter was the one who cut the ear off the servant who tried to arrest Jesus and eventually did. Peter was the one who jumped off the boat, you know, when Jesus was was on the shore. Peter was this over the top, emotionally driven, very impulsive individual. And yet Peter becomes the one on the day of Pentecost to get up and give the word. But listen to what he says, because it's so important for us to think about not only the person who's saying this, but also what he's saying in Second Peter chapter, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Chapter one, verse three through five, he says his divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory in goodness. Through these, he has given us his great and precious promises so that through them, you may be participants in the divine nature. I'm going to read that again. So that through them, you may be participants in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, verse 5, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten, listen now, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. But what what does Peter say here? What did verse 6 say? And to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness. So what is he saying? He's saying, that the fruit of the Holy Spirit of self-control will lead you into a place of perseverance and becoming an overcomer, not just overcoming what may be coming into your world, but actually overcoming the world, overcoming sin, overcoming the devil, overcoming everything that might come into your realm, into your atmosphere, because the Holy Spirit has full guidance in your life. 
Self-control or temperance is willfully choosing to take power over your own actions through submitting yourself to the Holy Spirit. Your thoughts and your desires, controlling your impulses and faculties and submitting them into alignment with what has been learned in accordance with the revelation of God and his word. Listen to what, uh, uh, actually in Acts chapter 24, verse 25, when Paul was on, on trial uh, under Felix, Paul was on trial and he was giving kind of his uh, synopsis of what's been transpiring in his life and what he's been preaching and teaching. And Paul's like, you know, really leaning into Felix and, he, and, he, and he's and he's talking to him and he makes this statement. He, he, and, he, and it says that in Acts 24, 25, it says that one of the things that Paul preached to Felix was about a life of self-control, was about a life of self-control. Here, let me let me just uh, I'll just go there real quick, because I think it's a, a very important passage for us to consider. Let's see here, 24, 25. It says this, several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was a Jewess. He sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. As Paul discoursed on righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now. You may leave. <laughs> I just think that's great. Paul was talking about self-control, and it made a leader tremble. And that's what it should do to us. It should cause us to have a godly reverence and a godly fear that the Holy Spirit inside of us truly can teach us to have a self-controlled, self-governed life in submission as our soul, our mind, our will, emotions, and everything is, is submitted to the Spirit of God. Self-control is also defined by lending aid to those who struggle in resisting temptation by being an example to them. Man, I'm going to tell you, when everybody else is freaking out around you and when all these conspiracy theories and all these false prophecies and all these things end up showing themselves not to be true, there's a whole slew of people who've been listening to them. And when they come to you and they realize that you were never moved in the midst of all of this because you've been listening to the Spirit of God, man, does it sure put the fear of God in them. It sure causes them to go, what did you know? How did you know? What did, what did you have that I don't have? And it causes them to pursue righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. As far as self-control uh, self is concerned here, as well, it is, it is listed in Titus 1.8 as the requirement of an overseer. In other words, you couldn't even be an overseer in the church, and you still should not be unless you have a self-controlled life. Listen, uh, it says this. In Titus 1.8, rather, talking about a, a, an overseer, we'll start in verse 7. Since an overseer is entrusted with God's work, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good and who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. In other words, you could... You could even render this concerning self-control as a sober life, as a life that is sober, a life that is completely pure, blameless, spotless, above reproach in a wicked generation. Uh, it says in, in James that pure religion, according to Scripture, is to look after the orphans and widows and to keep oneself unblemished and unstained by the world. Now, remember, 
James was the half-brother of Jesus, and he was the overseer, he was the elder, he was essentially the apostle, if you will, of the church at Jerusalem. And so here we have an apostle, an apostolic overseer, James, writing to us in his letter and telling us that, listen, if you, if you want to have a pure religious experience, a pure spiritual experience with the Lord, pure Christianity is to keep yourself unblemished by the world. Now, there is other reasons why we want to do this. For example, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5, and we'll probably come to a close with this and some prayer time. All right. 1 Peter 5, 1 through 8. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Man, that's so good. I'm so excited about Jesus' return. Be shepherd of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing. As God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you, clothe yourself with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up in due time. And cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Listen to verse 8. Be self-controlled. Alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same sufferings as you. Isn't that amazing? That he would say, if you live self-controlled, you are actually living a life that will that will resist the enemy. It will resist the devil. It will actually cause you to be an individual who is not governed by the flesh. Therefore, you have no open doors. There's no way for the enemy to come to you and to legally find fault or accusation with you. He's going to have to make something up just like they did with Jesus. And that's what we want. We would rather be falsely accused, falsely persecuted, falsely slandered than give the enemy a foothold and an opportunity to legally have access to us by leaving open doors of the flesh, the lusts, eyes, sexual immorality, whatever the case may be. We don't want that door to open up at all. And therefore, a self-controlled life will close those doors. A life in submission to the Holy Spirit will cause us to be people who live in purity and people who live in holiness and will walk in power because we'll be clean and we'll be able to hear the Holy Spirit in such a way that we'll be functioning easily in the gifts of the Spirit without having to force ourselves to try and learn something or do something. Rather, we'll be hearing from the Lord freely. It doesn't mean that persecution doesn't come. It doesn't mean that we don't have to wrestle with, with our thoughts or that we don't have to cast down imaginations. We still have to do those things. But it does mean that the armor of God will be effective. It does mean that when the attacks come, 
as the enemy when he came to Jesus had said he found nothing in him. And so he left him for a more opportune time. That's what we want. We want to be people who, when the enemy comes, he can find no fault with us and that he leaves. And if he leaves for a more opportune time, then so be it. But we stay armored up. We stay sober. We stay in submission to the spirit and we allow self-control to do its work in our lives to where we're not given over to gluttony. We're not given over to the lusts of the world. We're not given over when we see something. You say, brother, yeah, but we're all tempted. Temptation is not a sin. Let me say that again. Temptation is not a sin. It is if you heed that temptation or you desire and you lust after it in your heart, that is when you've crossed the line into areas that need to be cleansed and purified. And so those things that are self-controlled, the people that are self-controlled, they have an ability to hear the Holy Ghost, to be in submission to the Holy Ghost, and to live a life that is far beyond the normal life that other people have experienced in many, many ways. Jesus said in John chapter 6, he said that it is, it is the spirit who gives life. It is the flesh that profits for nothing. And so we, we want to be people to where our entire being, as, as, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, spirit, soul, and body kept blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we do that through self-control. And so that is the spirit, who, the Holy Spirit, who gives us self-control. And so the fruit of the spirit looks like a life that is under self-control. So let me pray for you. I, I, I pray that this has been a blessing to you that this has helped you, that to know that you don't have to live a wishy-washy flip-flop life. You, you don't have to be swayed back and forth by every wind of doctrine. You truly can live a life in the Holy Spirit that is amazingly submitted to him. And you will see Jesus glorified in the earth through your life. So Father, I just thank you right now. Lord, I just thank you right now that your people will be people who live in submission to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask you that anyone listening to this at this moment in time, that you touch him in a very powerful way, that you would touch him in a very tangible way. Holy Spirit, that even as they listen to the sound of my voice right now, that your presence would fill the atmosphere that they're in, that, they, that you would put a hunger and a desire in their life for the fruit of the Spirit, that you would put a hunger and a desire in their life for self-control, that even now, great and glorious beautiful submission and surrender would perfume out of their lives moving forward from this day. Holy Spirit, that you would convince them of righteousness. You would convince them of the kingdom. You would bring forth righteousness, peace, and joy in their lives. Father, I just ask right now that any sin being committed, any secret lies and secret lives that are being led in the dark, Father, that you would you would light up those areas right now and you would beckon them to hand that secret life, those secret sins, those secret things over to you now that they would experience you so tangibly, your loving grace and kindness and mercy right now that, that there would be weeping. There would be encounters with you. Even as I speak, father, I thank you for freedom because that's why you've set us free. And Holy Spirit, I thank you to forgive them right now. Forgive people right now hearing this. And bring them into the marvelous promises that are yes and amen. That they would truly experience the finished work of Christ. The joy 
set before him. That they would know you, that they would be known, and that they would come into the inheritance of the saints. That you would grow them and mature them. Father, for anybody who's been stuck in these conspiracy theories and has been disillusioned by them, anybody who's been stuck in false prophecies and disillusioned by them, anybody who's been in, in the cults and disillusioned or hurt by cultish behavior in the church, Father, or even by leadership who's been abusive or have misused their offices, Lord. God, I just thank you to come in and heal those areas right now. Holy Spirit, that you would bring healing to their life right now, that they would have the pain carved right out of them and you would fill it with your peace, with your glory, with your presence, with your fruit, and that they would experience life and life more abundantly. And so, Father, we thank you for your word. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but your word endures forever. And men are like grass. Men are like the flowers of the field. And so we're here today and we're gone tomorrow. Let us live a life that is pleasing to you, that glorifies your name and exalts Jesus in all the earth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Stick with me for just a minute here. I have some announcements and some ways that you can connect with us here at Fruit of the Vine Ministries. You can email me at fruitofthevineministries at gmail.com. You can leave a comment. You can reach out to us. We'd love to hear a testimony of what God is doing through these broadcasts. Stay tuned. God bless you. Shalom. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. Hey, I wanted to just connect with you, share with you some other ways that you can be encouraged in your faith in Christ Jesus through Fruit of the Vine Ministries. You can visit our website at fruitofthevineministries.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. We have our statement of faith on there. There's a lot of encouraging books, literature, things that you can get your hands on. There's, there's some good meat in there for you to be continually encouraged in. You can also contact us by sending us an email through Fruit of the Vine Ministries at gmail.com, right here in the form on the website. Also, you can connect with us on Facebook at Fruit of the Vine Ministries Ohio. So if you go on Facebook, it's Fruit of the Vine Ministries Ohio. You'll find the Fruit of the Vine Ministries logo. And from there, just like the page and you'll get encouraging scriptures. You'll get encouraging memes, things that you can share with your friends to say, hey, listen, I follow Yeshua Jesus. I want to give you another opportunity that some people take to take advantage of. Our P.O. Box, you can write us a letter. You can let us know how you've been encouraged and strengthened in your face. And if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, you can also send a check and you can help us and support financially what Father is doing here. It's P.O. Box 222, Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And you can make that out to John Davison. There's also a link to, to give on our uh, website as well. Podcasts are available as well through podbean.com. Go to Fruit of the Vine Ministries on podbean.com. Just click the subscribe and follow, and you can follow some of the latest podcasts. Sometimes they're long, sometimes they're short, sometimes they're just very short, encouraging messages. And I just wanted to give you an outlet so that you can, hey, listen, if God moves on you and you want more, if you want more of Jesus, we want to give you every ounce of grace that God has given to us. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely given. We want to encourage the church to walk in power, strength, holiness, righteousness, completely covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, walking as normal Christians in the supernatural and seeing friends, 
neighbors, loved ones, co-workers coming to faith, salvation knowledge in Yeshua HaMashiach. So thank you very much for spending your time with us today. And God bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Shalom.